ladies and gentlemen, it's that time. Sit down, Zumok collides with inappropriate Earl for a swap cast. The one you don't want to miss. A very special episode of Inappropriate Earl with Earl Skakel. Uh, yeah, it's great to be here, man. It's just about Brody again. We're doing a Brody tribute show. Steve Simone's having technology issues. Uh, so hopefully he'll be popping in. Um, apparently he has dial-up connection and a AOL account or something. I don't know. DSL. DSL. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he's trying to log on with a typewriter. I mean, in all the uh, fair disclosure, I have AOL account too, so I, I can't really hate on him for that. You're not hating on Simone. How could you hate on Steve Simone? He's a great guy. Oh, he's literally the nicest guy in all of comedy. Yeah. I mean, I we mo- we both moved down here to Florida right around the same time, and you know, he came down here and he says he has a girl now. She's cute and she's successful and he's happy. He's like, I didn't can't believe how happy I am now. I, well, I, I'm assuming she's uh, above 18, but like, you know, a lot of our comedy comrades don't uh, <laughs> subscribe to that theory. We're off to a bad Brody tribute. <laughs> <laughs> I think Brody's glad he's dead. <laughs> he missed. He missed out on the the Me Too movement. I don't think Brody would have been Me Too. Uh, no, I'm just saying he would missed out on you know his commentary. Oh yeah, he would have been fun to get his take on uh, Weinstein and all the comic buddies we know. Or you know, they're all coming back, man. All of them. So yeah. Well, you know what's funny about Brody is he. Uh, <laughs> I don't think he would he would have gotten angrier and angrier as everything happened with the shutdowns, although he would have thrived during COVID, the shutdowns with this periscope. Yes, he would have. But Brody uh, thrived on stage time. He would have lost his mind. He probably would have killed himself in the and I'm, I don't mean that in a funny way. You know, all comics, I think, get their mental stability on stage. That makes any sense. And so he not being able to get on stage, he would have gotten mad. Yeah. Yeah. I could see that too. He has an outlet. Tyler, you're familiar with Brody, right? Yeah. Well, it's, 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 it's funny. And it's also great just uh, to kind of just be a fly on the wall for this because I am just a, a fan. I've never had the pleasure of meeting him and legit, just, just a fan. Like I, that it was, insane to hear the news you know when when you found out that that he did what he did uh i I think i texted you chad whenever i found out because i was just like what like is this for real because like brody is someone who like you gotta you gotta just know him to or know of him to hear anything about him if he's gonna play somewhere if like whatever it is but for some reason that was like on like Yahoo news or some shit. Right. And so like, that's where it was so weird that I saw like on Yahoo, uh, the news about him. And that's why, and that's why I texted you almost like, is this for real? You know? So that's, that's what sucked because like he, he he was awesome. He, He was awesome. And I, and you know, again, I don't know him like the way that you guys do, but I tend to believe that a lot of what I saw, like in his show, enjoy it was probably 
pretty close to how he was in person, if I had to guess. Yeah. You know, it's funny. You said you saw it trending on Yahoo News. It was pretty bittersweet because Brody lived for that coverage and he got so much <laughs> yeah, coverage yeah. for his death that he kind of missed <laughs> out on it. <laughs> uh, I, I, you know, well, though, like him, him moving or, or uh, like with COVID and that stuff, I, I feel like he could have he could have just moved, moved to Tampa with you. I know. Yes. My death is trending. <laughs> 305. The, the, the new Mr. 305, right? Like oh, he's 818. Fuck Pitbull. Fuck Pitbull. Yeah. He would have been the new 305. Now that Kimbo slice died of a heart attack. <laughs> <laughs> They're dropping like flies. That was, the, that was probably the funniest I've ever laughed. Was that one Kimbo slice fight where I, he fought Dada 5,000. It was another 305er. Uh, he was the guy who did the illegal fights in, like, I don't know, a swamp in Jacksonville. He had, like, a mock <laughs> cage. There's a great documentary about him. Uh, I, I forget what it's called, but the guy who did Cocaine Cowboys, oh. Billy Corbin. He Billy did Corbin, it. yeah. And uh, I remember one of the scenes was a pit bull taking a shit in the fake octagon they had made. And I, it's amazing. I tweeted out that was the best part of the documentary. Just kidding. And Billy Corbin messaged me going, yeah, I guess everyone's a critic. <laughs> and now we've become friends. <laughs> That's awesome. I, uh, so I, I, I lived in Miami for a couple years and I always loved the docs, but, uh, I don't remember the, uh, I don't remember the radio station down there. It's a popular radio station and Billy Corbin would always, um, just be a guest and I could not I couldn't stand him like just being a guest and and but like the more I just kind of like learned about him and and you know obviously I, I loved the documentaries everything I was just like okay no he's got all the right in the world to to be uh I don't want to say like fool of himself or cocky but he kind of is but uh I guess my thing was always like, this is your only doc. This is your only doc you did. And then he did the, uh, like the ESPN 30 for 30 doc and like started to gain traction that way. And he's just great. He's great. So I, I mean, I, I, I take it all back. <laughs> yeah, no, he's, uh, he's got a lot of documentaries out. He's got, yeah. that I think it's on Netflix now about, uh, juicing baseballs or something about cheating in pro baseball. Uh, that was really good. Um, about the, and the about, MMA one. It, was that about Houston or? No, no, it was about, I think it was uh, about how the league juiced the baseballs in the home run era. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people don't realize that the major league baseball, I forget what they did to the baseballs, but they made them more livelier. So there could be more homers, Okay, uh, which is why I've always thought anyone who cheated, like, you know, like Pete Rose, they say or the gambling and, and all the ways that baseball cheats, they should all be in the hall of fame. You know, like, I mean, yeah. the, the, the history of baseball is cheating. It's just, that's yeah. their history. They cheat nonstop, whether it's putting pine tar on the bat or spit on the, the, the fastball or not allowing black people in the league, there's always cheating going on. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's well, it'd, true, be, 
<laughs> what would be hilarious if they originally let black people in the league and they're like, hold on, hold on. Yeah. Uh, the, uh, the, like the Pete Rose thing is super, super interesting to me because I, I actually, uh, I'm, I'm too young and too, uh, lazy to actually look into it all. But he, did he ever, did he ever place bets against his team when he was managing? They, they say no. Uh, well but... then in that case, who the fuck, like in that case, good for him. No. I mean, here's the thing though if he bet on his team to win which you think oh it makes sense like what harm is that i think the harm is like i'm a big reds fan we can go into that later but i'm pretty knowledgeable about the uh the roster during that time frame and like the best pitcher for the reds at that time was tom browning who uh you know he was just a great pitcher and uh, i think uh, john franco was the closer and I think there was definitely a few games where he left both of those guys in for too long because he wanted okay. to win that game. And it, it probably ended up ma- making them lose because, you know, uh, so it, it's like, yeah, there's a weird so technical you- like, well, he bet on the Reds to win, but he left Browning in an extra inning and he got shelled in that inning. So they lost the game. So it did kind his gambling you could say, and I'm a Rose guy, you could say it affected the outcome. Yeah, that's interesting. That's interesting. I'm sure that's a, that's a whole pod in itself. Yes. Probably out there. Baseball. But that's I do for- think he should be in the hall. Like, you got, uh, I mean, uh, not uh, Gaylord Perry. He, he cheated in every one of his wins with spitballs. And, uh, you know, Ty Cobb was a racist. Like, he's in the Hall of Fame. Like, like, <laughs> oh, yeah. So many, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> there's so many scummy people in the Hall of Fame that I don't see why Roger Clemens, Barry Bonds, you know, you think they got caught. There were many more who didn't. Well, Bonds, or not, Clemens went under oath and then went to Capitol Hill. It was embarrassing. It was just like, come on, dude. Well, they, yeah, they weren't good witnesses. I remember like McGuire was like, I'm not going to talk about that. It was like, well, that's why you're here. Like, what do you <laughs> like a comic going on stage? Going, I'm not going to do any jokes tonight. It's like, what? And uh, so I, and there's so many players who cheated, you know, the juicing of the bats. I think they put pine tar inside the bat. So it's like a fucking mm-hmm. stick of dynamite. Um, Joey Bell, Albert Bell, corking the bat. Yeah, corking the bat. So not, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. Uh, Don Sutton, very famous pitcher in the seventies and eighties, would uh, take a razor blade to the baseballs in his glove. You know, uh, Vaseline on the pit ball to make it drop. I guess, like so. Yeah, this is where it sucks because this is where it's like, like I, I wish that uh, we could have um, Brody's take on some of this stuff um, being a pitcher, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. Did Brody cheat or was he on the up and up? Well, if he didn't, uh, I'm assuming if he cheated, he would have gotten into the majors. There you go. So, uh, by the way, that documentary is called a screwball and it's about uh, – the doping scandal in, in baseball. So, oh yeah. Florentine was telling me about that. Yeah. 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 It's really good. So Earl, when was the first time you met Brody? I mean, boy, I, I don't know. If it, 
I don't know if I remember the very first time, but I remember I used to do, uh, I used to do, I used to uh, do a room Sunday nights called the Knitting Factory. Oh, yeah, it's I've like done a that. Big music. Yeah, I, I think there was one in New York, uh, but in LA, it was a big music club, like three or four rooms, and they had comedy on uh, Sunday nights. Yeah, like Owen would go up, Nick Swartzman, yeah. your boy Ramsey Moore. Ramsey Moore, I think, ran the room. Ramsey Moore, a uh, funny comic, died of a heart attack, uh, but he was 500 pounds, so it's not really a, <laughs> really a surprise. Um, that's why I don't get, like, Ralphie Mays, 594. It's like, you can't be shocked that he died of a heart attack. Um, but Brody would come, and this was a very intimidating room because it was a, it was a smaller of the three or four rooms, and so you knew if someone famous was in the room that you were looking at them. There's Swartz and Anthony Clark when he was big, uh, you know, Ian Bag, uh, you know, who's a great, uh, he's a Canadian comic, but he's LA based. I followed so, him and bombed in that room. A lot of people have like he's cause he does the crowd work like better than anyone. So he, he doesn't really give you a lot. I mean, he sets you up for big laughs just because the room's hot, but he also, with the crowd work, you know, it, it sucks a lot of energy out of the room because they're, they're tired from, you know, the questions and the participation angle. Uh, so he's, he's almost impossible to follow. I don't yeah. think it's that you bombed. Uh, I see it at the comedy store a lot with a guy, uh, Rick Ingram, who's uh, very yeah. similar. Um, but Brody would come in uh, and close out the show on Sunday nights. And it was like this bizarre, and I didn't really know him. Uh, so he set up these wood chairs and he started playing the drums on them. And he was doing like calf raises and, and like this bizarre crowd work asking someone where they went to high school and, and uh, he didn't know I was a comic. So I, I think he said, where'd you go to high school? I'm like, Notre Dame high. And he's like, yes, Notre Dame High, Sherman Oaks, Tim Foley, shortstop of the Pittsburgh Pirates, and Jack McDowell, Cy Young Award winner in 1988. Enjoy it. You got it. The Knights, Woodman and Riverside. And, and it, but, it, but it was like this, how does this guy do this impromptu? Like, who knows where Notre Dame High, who knows the fucking intersection of Notre Dame High? Uh, so he was iconic and it just popped into my head the first, I believe it's the first time I met him was when he was hosting potluck at the comedy store. And I think I told this story a few times, but, um, we well, have been came, a terrible host. <laughs> um, well, this will tell you how good of a host he was or wasn't. This kid was on stage and he's bombing pretty badly. Um, you know, now back in, in the OR potluck days, early two thousands, it was dreadful. It's just a bad, it's not the comedy store today where, you know, all these big comics are there. It was like the worst of the worst. And this kid gets off stage and, and he knew he had just bombed. And Brody was like, where are you from kid? And the guy really meekly was like, La Jolla. And Brody was like, well, that drive just got a lot longer. <laughs> <laughs> And the kid ran out crying and I never saw the kid ever again. <laughs> and I thought, wow, what a dick. And then you know, obviously I got to know him and, I, and now I tell that story and it's funny to me uh, because, and I know it's a long story. The second guy 
goes up. He starts kind of bombing and Brody's picking up on this chick that's sitting next to him, but he didn't realize the, you know, the mic was right. You heard everything. Cause he's like, Hey, I play baseball. Do you like baseball? And <laughs> the guy on stage was like, Brody, shut the fuck up. And, <laughs> and Brody was like, you can't talk to me like that. You have to be professional. And the guy, John little is his name. He's like, I'll be professional when you shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> he just walked off. He did the Bo Jackson, just ran through the tunnel. And I don't think I've seen John. <laughs> so those stories are funny to me now, but looking back, I was like, shut the fuck up, bro. Who cares about this girl? Whether she likes baseball or not, this room's tough enough, but now it's, now it's pretty funny. to me. There's a video online. You can go look on my YouTube page, sit down, Zumok. I don't know. You ever seen this? Uh, I'm think, probably in it. Yeah, you might be in it. So you would show up to the comedy store. Brody would be like stretching in the parking lot. And I just show up and I just start laughing. You can't hear the audio, but you can watch online. I'm just standing that let's I'm just rolling. And he, he's saying I distracted <laughs> him. Like I distracted his stretching is preparing for the show. <laughs> He's like, and you don't know if he's kidding or not. Like he's, he'll keep going with it. And he's like yelling at me. <laughs> that was the best thing about Brody. You didn't know if it was an act or not. <laughs> but he was always filming constantly, constantly filming himself. Well, <laughs> uh. yeah, watch this video. Cause it's, it's hilarious. Cause I'm just like laughing the whole time because it's just, this is ridiculous. Like he's, and I'm just standing there watching him stretch and laugh. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Oh, I mean, man. Um, I mean, it, just the fact that three years later, people are still doing tributes and shows like this. And like, uh, I'm sure there'll be a lot of posts today on the gram. You know, not many people, once they die, maybe two weeks later, people forget. Or once they quit booking the Hollywood Improv, they don't say happy birthday. Yeah, like my friend Paige, who, by the way, never booked me, but I still was friends with her. Like, and you know, I just think it's funny. I would say she booked me a lot less than all the other Hollywood bookers. I'll just say that. But then again, that was like in the heat of palming. Like, I mean, it was hardcore 2019. It was hard to get spots in Hollywood Improv then. What's hard because it's a levity. Yeah. Uh, club so if you're not a levity client it's next to impossible to get a spot there which i get you know but what did, uh, what did, so did page quit i don't know i mean i don't even know who the new booker is to be honest with you uh so they've always kind of i mean it used to be a girl named aaron then it was rita then it was page then it went back to aaron uh who started booking me so i was psyched and then she is still with the company and then Paige took over the booking. So it, it's, I think they're a little more, uh, not unorganized, but like the store, you know who the booker is. It's Adam, it's Emily, it's Tommy, it's whoever. There's no guesswork with the improv. It's who's booking it this week. Yeah. I remember when Eric Abrams was booking it because I was getting spots. Yeah. That's like early to, that's maybe early to mid 2000s. Yeah. Um, <laughs> speaking of uh, Brody, that's the very first place I saw him do stand up was the Hollywood Improv. I was immediately a fan. 
immediately because he was just I've never seen anything like him. Like, it was just like, what the fuck is going on right now? <laughs> You're just talking about his day. His literally what he did that day. <laughs> and it was just unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, there's no one like him. Like, there's like, you know, like when people see me do comedy, they're like, oh, you're kind of like Stephen Wright or, you know, Robert Stimmel or whoever. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure you get comparisons. But, you know, oh, Chad, you're like this person. That, you know, Brody, you can't say Brody. It was like, oh, you're kind of like uh, maybe Andy Kaufman, like, because it's so weird, the humor. I picked up I, – I, I couldn't be around Brody a lot because I started mimicking him, you know, just – I, I started just doing random things on stage. Like, yes, I drive a Honda. I'm like, oh, I can't be doing this because the cadence was so catchy. Like, I wanted to do the catch, the cadence of it. Yeah, I mean, I think everyone, like, if you hung out with Brody long enough in the hallway or wherever, you did a podcast with him. You know, I caught myself a few times saying, "You got it, buddy," on stage. I'm like, same thing. I was like, oh, I can't do that. That's like Brody's, like. But it was so in your head, you know, you just had to, like, um, <laughs> not do it because it's like stealing. Uh, yeah. But, well, well, you know what you're saying? Like, we're still talking about him today. It's three years today that he died, by the way. That's why we're doing the show. Um, is the fact that he, for some reason, it didn't matter whether if you were the dishwasher or the Zach Galifianakis and Bradley Cooper, he always remembered everyone's names, which was crazy. Yeah, I mean, he, he he had this autistic memory. Like, you could mention any high school in, in California and he would know the intersection. Like, uh, you know, I think he asked me uh, once, uh, was Notre Dame High my first choice? And I'm like, well, I wanted to go to Loyola, which was an all-dude school at the time. If, I think it still is. And I, I don't know where the intersection is, but he within 0.2 seconds was like, Yes, Florence and Figueroa, you know, the Monarchs, home of, and then he would name, like, all these famous alumni. Like, it was yeah. really uh, did bizarre. You go to, did you go to his uh, his, uh, his uh, memorial show? Or his well, there have been so many. I don't know, like. The main one, where the hangover was there, the cast of the hangover. I did, actually. Uh and uh, it was a packed, sold-out main room, and uh, it was pretty. It was very well done. You just, they just had a loop of Brody's greatest hits going on, and uh, you know, I, I will. I hate to give Jeff Ross credit, but he, he broke probably, the room. He broke it open. Yeah, he did. He probably had the line of the night where Brody's three, uh, I think, grade school or high school friends were there, and they're telling these really sad stories and long stories yeah and really sad and drawn out but they were they weren't comics so that it wasn't funny it was just a, a sad story and uh jeff ross got up there and was like wow with all those sad stories now i know why brody killed himself like, <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. you know brody's mom was there and like it, it took a the sister yes yeah and the sister's great uh I last time I saw her, I was opening up for Dr. Ken and she came and I just started crying when I saw her and she's like, it's okay. You know, like, cause she kind of looks like Brody, like facially, yeah. like it not looks like him, but like the, you could definitely tell her brother, sister, Stephanie. 
Yeah, no, she's awesome. So, so she came to the show where you were with Dr. Ken and she just came to watch comedy? Yeah, we were, where was it? Some Indian casino in like, uh, I don't know, uh, San Diego or something. And uh, that, I, I assumed we were driving. This just shows you the level of status Dr. Ken is at. I thought, I'll drive and take us under two hours. He's like, no, I booked us a private jet. And we were literally on a private jet for 24 minutes. Like, that, but that's just how ballers do it. Like a 24 minute private jet ride probably costs 10 grand. But Jesus know. Christ. I love that Dr. Ken's fallback job is being a doctor in case. I know. <laughs> <laughs> but he's so nice and he loves Brody too. Like, you know, uh, I'm assuming, Oh, well they've worked with the hangover hangover. Hangover one in it, two in it, cut out of three, or I don't know, I forgot his whole sh- cut out of funny people, cut out of funny people, yeah. So, but mm. I mean, Brody was a special dude, but like you go back to we're talking about him three years later, you know, there was a comic, uh, very popular comedy store door guy, but he was a Canadian comic named Matt Bill, and this typical uh, story, you know becomes a, a great comic in Canada, comes to LA to make it, get, gets a job as a door guy at the store, which is hard to get nowadays because now you have to be a funny comic. Like they, they just don't hire anybody. Uh, and, you know, he passed away recently and, and I'm not saying people have forgotten about him, but you know, you could tell a week later, it's like everyone had moved on. Okay. Matt was a great guy. Who, who's going to die this week? Like, you know, so Brody three years later is, is pretty, uh, pretty impressive that people are still uh, moved and affected by his loss. Well, he was like, like when Norm died and everyone was just like Googling stuff of Norm and YouTubing because he was always on talk shows. He was all over the place. Same with Brody. He was constantly filming himself. So if you want to tonight, you can go down a wormhole and just watch all Brody stuff all night long. It's just it's out. It's out there. <laughs> Oh, probably my favorite Brody clip online is the one where he is uh, hosting the James Cameron roast at the Friars Club in Beverly Hills. And oh, I got to see that. I never saw that one. It's. I think you have to. I don't know if it's on YouTube anymore, but if you, I think if you Google it, some video like Vimeo pops up of it, and it's so funny. He's like roasting Jim Cameron, like. He's like, I loved you on Growing Pains. My bad, my bad. That's Kirk Cameron and Jim. <laughs> Jim Cameron's just looking at him going, I'm not in growing pains. Like you could tell he didn't quite get it. And that, that's a good Brody joke to, though. That's a Brody joke for real. <laughs> and then he, he has so many, uh, Tom Arnold was on the dais. He's like, uh, Tom booked me on soul plane as a terrorist. Uh, you know, like it's just, it, it is so funny. It'll, if you're in a bad mood or feeling down, find that video and you'll be instantly happy. Starts talking about lawn bowling and Rancho Mirage and like doing stuff only Brody could do to get a laugh. Right. Now his references were always just insane. So Sam Tripley got it. He won it. Sam was just like 2018, 17 maybe. Sam wanted to do this. He wanted to do a tour. He wanted to put it with comics that he liked. So it was me, Florentine, and Brody Stevens. And we did Texas, like a bunch of sh- cities in Texas. 
and we you know yep. we rented one car and we just stayed in uh, Airbnbs, and we were we hung out all day all night, and it was the most fun I have ever had in comedy, just hanging out. And my my favorite part is to watch Jim Florentine and Brody bond. Like they would be we'd be at the coffee place and they'd just be talking about because uh, <laughs> Brody was like really hardcore conservative. <laughs> And he, he, when he was talking politics, he would get really serious about it. Yeah, no, he was, you wouldn't think he was conservative or political at all, but uh, he, he would was. listen to Alex Jones nonstop. Like we, I remember I had a room right next to his and Alex Jones was on the whole time. He listened in the car. He loved Alex Jones. Yeah. I mean, Brody was a strange dude. <laughs> That's that's surprising. That's surprising. I wouldn't I would never guess that. Yeah. Yeah. He, he had all these like weird little things. And <laughs> but if you really wanted to, you can get him to a serious conversation. You, you just had to get there. Yeah, I mean, he was hard to have a serious conversation with, though, because he was always on. You didn't know, uh, you know, you couldn't really talk about you'd mention anything like, hey, let's go to. Jerry's Deli, I saw, you know, Tarantino there last week. We had a good conversation. I told him I laughed 142 times Django Unchained. And, like, because that's the amount of time they said the N-word. Uh, like, he was always doing, not bits, but, like, he never was off. Yeah. What was the um, the Chelsea Lately joke he would tell? He's like, I've met Chelsea Handler 12 times. She's met me once. <laughs> <laughs> something along the lines of that i'm glad you pointed this out dude i'm gonna watch this tonight i can't wait i just found the the, the james cameron roast dude it's so funny i'm not doing it justice it's about seven minutes and yeah there yeah and <laughs> can you play the audio or no i can't i wish i knew how tyler how we gotta figure this out i uh, yeah yeah I'll, I'll plug it in and post but yeah, if you could put like a like a clip, a snippet, that'd be great. some of it. Yeah, yeah, I'll definitely do that. Fucking Ed McMahon's there too. <laughs> so like a really funny ridiculous, joke. and uh, he's like, Ed just gave that two stars of David. Yes, it's great to be. Here. We have Ed McMahon here, James Cameron. Give these guys a nice hand. No, I am not in the program. Apparently, Carrot Top got sick. So. Uh, <laughs> Ed, laughing at me, that's a professional. <laughs> I was on Ed's show, Next Big Star. Remember that on the PAX Network? Yeah. Uh, now I'm doing warm-up for a roast, so... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Tom. And then he starts doing shtick. And can someone get Ed a bottle of Metal Musil? <laughs> you know, just like... <laughs> James Cameron looks miserable. <laughs> oh, he just, I don't think he knew who Brody was, so he didn't, he just didn't get it. But toward the end, he does. You could tell he starts like, going, okay, this guy's insane. I remember, because I started comedy in LA in 2004, and I was like at every open mic, and I, I'd run into Brody everywhere, and I'd see everybody. And I remember at the time, it was MySpace was popular. And he was on Best Damn Sports Show. You remember that show with Chris yeah. Rose? And he, would do, he was doing audience warm-up for that. So I remember Brody's one of the first websites I ever saw, and it was immaculate. Like, 
like he had everything in detail on his MySpace. It was perfect, like a list of things that he liked, uh, his favorite athletes, and all these photos of celebrities. He had like a million photos of celebrities. Good God, I couldn't even get my top five or top eight right, you know, let alone that shit. <laughs> no, he was very, uh, you know, autistic, uh, and, and a neat freak and a germaphobe like he was all these things into one and it was it makes sense that he was a pitcher because he did everything in repetition and that's what pitching is it's just repetition and he his whole life was repetition getting on stage getting the reps in going going for a walk steps with steve but he, he was one of the very few comics that you could hear him do the same joke a thousand times and you'd laugh every time like and you did hear him a thousand times. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it, it was, uh, you know, going to the pitching, uh, the batting cage to play catch. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> I go to the batting cage just to play catch. <laughs> you know, he was a model in Pakistan and, uh, he was gonna do a weekend at club Jihad, uh, you know, just like, it's such a juvenile humor i just uh, got a call back for a stadium scene yeah <laughs> and, but and you'd laugh every time and he would do an hour in the main room which you know i've recently gotten the honor to do they call it the brody spot you know you're going on last and you just do basically you're there till everyone pays their drinks. <laughs> so uh, it can be a tough spot because the crowds, you know, they've checked out at that point. And uh, there's very few people who can do it like Brody. And that's the spot Kennison did for a very long time before he became famous. Don Barris uh, does it. Uh, so I've gotten a newfound respect recently when you're asked to do 45 minutes to an hour in somewhat of a dead room. Uh, and it's got nothing to do with the comics you went on before you. It's just it's fucking, they've seen four hours of stand up. Like when they're drunk, they're walking out. It's, it's a yeah. lot of distractions. I remember walking in there with Eleanor and I had just moved back to LA from Cleveland. And as soon as I walked in, he's like, Eleanor Kerrigan, Chad Zumach. Aren't you supposed to be in Cleveland? Like that was, that was, his thing from the stage. <laughs> yeah. The crowd, you, you're looking at the crowd going, who the fuck is Chad Zumach? And not, it, it could be no, me. It's true. It could be Earl Skakel who, who or, or Tyler, like whoever walked in the room is going to get that treatment. Yeah. And of course the crowd is like not knowing who we are, but they laugh anyway. Cause Brody, uh, Earl Skakel, Notre Dame high, then went to SMC for two years <laughs> to criminal law with Steve Sindel, my, uh, <laughs> acting coach you know in the crowd's like who the fuck is this guy and who cares where he went to junior college to? Uh, got a podcast inappropriate earl he's got a lot of wrestlers on hulk hogan brother and like um, but people people still laugh because like you didn't have to know what brody was talking about is the point of that like he could be talking about you or me he could be talking about tyler he could be talking about eleanor dating uh you know, Uncle Ronnie, uh, who nobody knew except for the comics, and, and people would laugh because who's Uncle Ronnie? <laughs> um, well, 
I, I think I've talked about this on podcast. One of the reasons I moved back to LA was because of Brody. I, I, I came out to visit. I was going by coastal. I don't know what the fuck I was doing. Cause I was still running a room at the Hollywood improv once a month. I had a show and I was around with my friend, Christina Walkinshaw and Brody one. I ran into him one day and he goes, what are you doing? I go, nothing. He goes, I'm going to a show. You want to come with me? And I go, yeah, it was at that Madame Tomei. You remember that, that, that place on Hollywood Boulevard. It was like a, a bunch of mannequins and shit. At the wax museum. Yeah. The wax museum. So I went there with him and afterwards we went and got uh, food. He picked up the tab, by the way. And I know he didn't have a lot of money towards the end. That was nice. And we were talking about doing a tour because he couldn't get booked on the road for some reason. Like I know David Spade took him out a few times, but he wanted to get into these comedy clubs. So we came up with a deal. I was, I was doing the road hardcore. I was like, bro, you got, I go, you got a, a, a million credits. You should be working all these clubs. I was like, I'll get you in the club and we'll find cities where there's baseball games. And you get me on the field for Major League Baseball because he had all that access. So he's like, that's a great idea. And then we we're going to run a room in Burbank together when I moved out there because I plan on moving out there in January. And then uh, in February 22nd, uh, three years ago, he killed himself and kind of fucked up all the plans. We already had Chicago Zanies booked. I, I was going to go on the field at Wrigley. And it never happened. Yeah, he was supposed to do my podcast the day he killed himself, so. Talk about the numbers would have been gigantic. Wow. The segment Piper, uh, he was supposed to, he was coming. He was supposed to come to my house the day he died. And uh, the numbers on my pockets went through the roof. I mean, I, I would get like, like on SoundCloud, maybe 3000 lessons, which is about what I still get. Uh, the day Piper died, his episode went up to like 22,000 lessons. So I, I, I wish Brody would have just waited another 12 hours. Yeah. Very selfish. <laughs> very selfish. That reminds me. How about you book me on your podcast? I'll fly out there so I can die. I th yeah. I mean, I, I'm the podcast crypt keeper. Uh, I think uh, Brody died. Uh, Piper died. Uh, Tony Katane died. Uh, she was supposed to come back and do the podcast the week of uh, her death. Tyler's, but... Tyler's next. Yeah, Tyler, Here I come. You, Here I mean... come. Oh, you just missed. I was just out there. That's too God bad. Damn it. Oh, yeah. You're out there for the Super Bowl. Yeah. Yeah. Jeff Ross is still alive. So he's an anomaly. We should get Dante. Is he, though? We should get Dante really? to do it. I would just to capture his uh, delusional in <laughs> insanity. But uh, I don't think that's going to happen. Ralphie May was going to do the podcast, but literally we drove by my house and he's like, dude, I'll never get up those steps. So, you know. Did you have Bob Saget uh, booked too? Uh, I did not have Bob Saget, but uh, that's a weird story. <laughs> that's that's getting weirder by the day. Yeah, that's, that's not, it's hard yeah. to follow. There's some well, follow something in in some magazine, uh, you know, like the Star, the Inquirer, but usually their reporting is pretty good. Um, and it said, like, he had the injuries of someone who got hit in the head with a baseball bat. Yeah, yeah, I heard the same. I mean, I don't – it was so nice, I, unless it was a robbery gone bad. Um, well, you would think hotel – I mean, I know that JW Marriott because I was there a week prior, so I may have had something to do with it. No, but I'm trying. 
you would think the hotel would have cameras, people coming in and out of that room. Yeah, I mean, who knows? I don't think he had the uh, reputation of being a druggie. Or, I mean, you know, I mean, I'm sure being an 80s comic, he probably did a couple rounds with the Booger Sugar, but uh, I don't recall any recent stories of him partying or whatever. So it is a weird, um, you know, story. I mean, who knows if we'll ever get the real story. Well, let me take it a step further because I want the Patreon to go up with conspiracy. Uh, you know who uh, Heath Ledger was hanging around with when he died? I, I don't. The Olsen twins. Hey. Oh. I'm just saying, I think they're they're up to no good and they're they're killing people. <laughs> I mean anything's possible. <laughs> I, I I was one of the Olsen twins. I think it was like Mary I don't know who who's who but who's uh, yeah, who? he, <laughs> yeah, Harry I guess he was hanging around uh Heath Ledger was hanging around one of the Olsons before he died before his OD, so I just don't trust them. That's all I'm going to say. I'll put it out there. I'll Tim. But at least with Heath Ledger, there was rumors that he liked to party and 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 dabble in the cocaina uh, from La Florida. Uh, but I don't recall any recent stories of the last couple of years of Bob Saget being anything but a, like a doting husband and, and father. So, uh, you know, it'll. I mean, who knows? I, I mean, it's so weird. Uh, You'd think the hotel and their cameras, you'd think TMZ would have gotten access to that stuff. That They have people fucking everywhere. So uh, hopefully, uh, I mean, hopefully we find out one day. It says, according to a report in People, the two were dating prior to his death. Mary-Kate and Heath were casually dating for three months before Heath's death. So... I don't know. Well, it, it isn't one of the Olsen twins married to like a, a like a billionaire, or is that just in my in my own head? I think I think they're the billionaires. Oh, for real? Yeah, I think they're like moguls, from what I understand. That's why they don't they didn't oh, come back for Fuller House. They're like fuck that money, fashion shit or something. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think the Olsen twins have to date for money. <laughs> I mean, I can't imagine the public, the SAG checks they get a month, like, you know, I mean, I get probably a thousand a month from my various endeavors. Uh, so I can imagine what they get. They must get a hundred grand a month easy. Yeah. Network TV, babe. That's a, that's good money right there. So anything over a hundred episodes. Still though, still like, is it still like, what like so I, I'm naive. Like, what else were they in other than Full House? But that show was on the air forever. The residual checks. I mean, they. I mean, they've obviously done well in the fashion game. Sure. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, you would think that show was on network TV for a very long time. Probably make you know fifty grand a month from my advice. Good God. I mean, it's crazy. That's when you see like character actors who've done everything. You know, they've been working like the bad guy from uh, Dexter this year, Clancy Brown. He's been a working actor for fuck 50 years. So, you know, 
he still gets sag checks from the movie he did with sean penn in 83 bad boys like it, it's unbelievable uh, Who, who's the guy we had on earl on bad the bad guys the the guy in scarface and miami vice pepe serena like he's probably the most well-known mexican character actor he's been in uh he was in scarface that was 1983 so uh, that's basically 40 years ago and he, he was probably acting for 10 years before scarface so he's been same thing working actor 50 years he, he probably makes just on scarface alone he probably has made a couple hundred grand over the years uh, i just remember that podcast got really weird towards the end when he started rapping you remember that yeah yeah and then I, I stayed in touch with him for a little bit i said i'll buy a painting from this guy thinking they'd be maybe a grand and he, he wanted like 10 grand or something I'm like ah, that's probably not gonna <laughs> you know but that's how rich he is he can just i think he lives in palm springs now and palm springs you got it got a dateline exit palm drive uh and uh but you know that's how much money he you can make as a character actor you can just retire to palm springs and quit the business and driving out to palm springs to see my mother we're going to petco yeah that's a line he had in the roast i forget the exact line but he's like uh, lawn bowling on the Tuesday with my mom, uh, Palm Desert, take a bobo drive and make a late starts giving directions to the lawn bowling place. <laughs> but like they were legitimate directions. He wasn't just making them up. He, he, you could tell. Uh, do, and, uh, do, you guys, do you guys know like how him and, and Zach Galifianakis linked up like for him to, to get that hangover break and, and all that shit? I don't. Uh, I do. Oh, okay. Um, Brody was hanging out around UCB at the time when UCB was a thing. And it was, you know, obviously before Zach was a big movie star and all that. And it was a time when David Cross and all the, the alt scene, Pat Oswald, my, my guy, Earl's guy, um, who's been on Earl's podcast. Go listen to it. Uh, even though he tried to cancel me. So, <laughs> hey, I don't, so, you know, I don't get involved in feuds unless I'm, directly <laughs> but he was hanging around there and zach just took a liking to him like we all did like just because he was just like he's never seen anything like it this guy was just out of control he was crazy <laughs> but it, i mean yeah. he just thought it was funny and they, they just became friendly and next thing you know he, he's throwing uh brody in movies and you know he, he liked him and actually he was at uh brody's tribute i remember he was very very talkative and hanging he's he, he seemed generally excited to be there I remember at Brody's tribute looking over. To, I was sitting uh, because my girl uh, at the time worked. Uh, she wrote for Rob Riggle, and he was there, uh, and he was crying. Like, you know, I think Rob's a pretty tough dude, been a legit Marine. Like, he wasn't just paperwork guy. He was combat, uh, and you look over and see him crying. It's like, Jesus, this is, you know. That's how much Brody affected people. Like, he made grown men cry, and... Uh, you know, it was uh, and just uh, what was it last year? They did Brody Stevens Day, uh, and we had a little ceremony at uh, some park where Brody's bench is. I forget the name, uh, Reseda. It's in Reseda somewhere, and uh, you know, a lot of people. Uh, I think not the mayor, but someone pretty high up in LA spoke, and uh, Dean Del Rey and Jeff Ross and 
um, you know, the usual suspects. Comics will do anything for stage time. I mean, it's out of control. What I saw that day, people networking at a fucking memorial. You know, when I, I saw people that. get, mm. when I saw people getting photos at Brody's thing with Bradley Cooper and uh, who's oh, the other shit. dude, I was like, come on, guys, have some fucking class here. I know. Like, or, that's why my initial problem with Dante was at the Ralphie Mays Memorial. Dante's literally walking around with a selfie stick, taking pictures. It's like, dude, this isn't a red carpet event; it's a <laughs> memorial. Like. You know, I can I can even understand a clown like Jay Mandy and taking pictures with Russell Peters at his wedding, like like they, they're friends. Uh, you know, okay, it's a wedding; you get a pass on that kind of. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, people have no shame. Like, what do you think is going to happen if you take a picture at Ralphie Mays Memorial? But you know, you're going to get signed to Three Arts. <laughs> Maybe Golden Artist Entertainment. Well, maybe. I mean, you know, I love all these people. They sign at Golden Artist Entertainment who stop working the minute they sign there. <laughs> like he has some girl from Sons of Anarchy who I think her name's Taryn Manning. Like she's constantly working. You know, she was on Sons. She was on various other shows. And then she literally hasn't worked in three years. Like he literally takes working actors and stops them from working. Tyler, this is uh, one of uh, yeah, you're, 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 yeah, you're, you're over my head here, but I'm interested. There's a guy co- comic named Dante, and he's now that's the girl, the blonde. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And by the way, he does not represent Cedric Entertainer. I loved Sons of Anarchy. I know, yeah. But she was the girl who uh, she dated the guy who, in real life, ended up killing herself, uh, killing himself. The guy once uh, uh, half sack. Uh, but look at this roster of people. You've got Morris Day in the time who hasn't worked in 20 years. Uh, the only thing Jimmy Walker's on is a health insurance commercial right now <laughs> that he probably got before signing with him. Cato Kalen is only known for being friends with the double murderer. Uh, <laughs> Marshall Warfield. Yeah, who probably hasn't worked in at least 10 years. Bobby Brown, who the last thing she did was my podcast. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm serious. I mean, this is the worst roster I've ever seen. In Michael, Winslow, Michael Winslow lives in in Florida now. He lives in Orlando. Uh, who, who's this? Who's this company? What is this? Golden Artist Entertainment. There's nothing gold. And you've got Jackie. The, hold on. Go up right there. You got Jackie the Joke Man, who... Hasn't worked since getting kicked off of Stern. And what was that, 20 years ago? Uh, he did my podcast. Well, there you go. I know I like him, but I, I just, you know, you got Keith Coogan, who I, the last thing he did was a podcast with me and William Zapka. Like, <laughs> I don't know who this broad on the bottom is, but, you know, and uh, where's that? Uh, I, you notice he doesn't put the Ari Shafir video up when he's offering black people free rides to uh, Africa and asking them if they get their hair cut at Fantastic Sambo's. You notice that's not on the... I uh, want to meet the team. Yeah, so who runs all of this? You're looking at him right there, buddy. There you go. Dante himself. Dante. Okay. How do you and say I guarantee you... Where does, Don, where does he come from? Where does Dante Mars. come from? What was that? He comes from Mars. Mars. Okay. Like I, this shows you what a bullshitter he is. 
I was watching the documentary. It's pretty good on Amazon uh, about Fat Tuesdays, which was the black show at the comedy store. Yeah. Uh, that, you know, gave a lot of black comics uh, their their first start of, of playing white clubs. And there's a, literally a 0.05 second scene of Dante sitting in the patio. You know he's telling people he was in the documentary now. Oh, yeah, it's his credit. Yeah. By the way, here's one thing you'll never see again. Tonight, Dante sold out. Yeah, yeah but sold out where? Yeah, there. Oh, wait, there we go. Now, this shows you how dumb he is. He literally leaves up a poster of him and Ron Jeremy doing a tour together. Ron Jeremy's raped more people than Bill Cosby. <laughs> Ron Jeremy literally got me too out of porn, and Dante still has his picture up on the website. Over thirty, wow. over thirty years in comedy. He was a cast member in the last season of Last Comic Standing. Two-time winner, audience favorite, Capital One Auto. Okay, now that now it starts getting sketchy. Yeah, it's like do any misspells uh, Milton Berle. <laughs> like here's one of the greatest comics of all time. My personal favorite because he was in two videos of my band Rat. You'd think he would spell a arguably a top five comic of all time's name, right? Oh, oh wait, there, we there go. you go. There it is. Look yeah. Literally. Look at that. Oh. Leaves it up there. The following contest has been identified by YouTube. Oh. But he still leaves it up. That's that's insane. <laughs> yeah, especially when he was like all about Black Lives Matter and all that, right? Oh, yeah. And then like two weeks ago, he posted he saved some baby. And of course, there's no documentation of anything. Um, you know, he's out of control. At least take the title down. I mean, especially in this climate. I mean, Dante, that's a bad move. <laughs> so now you're all caught up, Tyler. <laughs> I love this guy. I think that I could get on his roster. You, you probably could. could. <laughs> <laughs> I might as well try. Maybe it'd be the reverse for you. You don't, you've never worked before in the business, and then you sign with him and you start booking gigs. I, I mean, I'm just going to make a fake resume. But this is the type of guy Brody would make fun of. So this does have something to do with Brody's death. <laughs> yeah, I want to see if Dante left a tweet about Brody. I'm oh, sure he, he did. did. Yeah, he's probably like, you know, his heart goes out to his family. I just talked to him yesterday, blah, blah, blah. Even though he never booked him in, in 10 years of booking shit bar gigs in the Valley. Yeah. Valley Village. So where were you when he died? Where'd you get the news? I was on my couch waiting for him to come over. I literally, I think that, that was that he was supposed to come over that day. Yeah. And I called, I, I left him a message going, at least you could do is call me if you're not coming over, Dick. So <laughs> that was the last text you sent him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I'm sure his sister got that. I was like, uh, okay. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, a lot of people don't know this, but you're one of the the few people to clean out his apartment when he died. No, I did not. I actually that was, I believe, Stephen Randolph and um, someone else. I cleaned out Jeff Scott, the piano player, okay, uh, from the comedy store who died of HIV. Mm -hmm. uh, he, uh, yeah, that was that was a tough one. That was, you know, if you, I don't want to jump deaths here, but. Uh, 
Jeff was like a gay Brody. Like he was, he was a cool dude, but, but uh, it was a tough one because he had like a seven hundred pound piano in his uh, apartment, and I, I'm probably the only comic who could help lift it. Um, <laughs> so, like a baby, like a baby grand. It was uh, a very old wood. It was a wood, I believe, wood based piano, but in just incredibly heavy. Yeah, I guess you could say mm. it was a baby grand. He was a world-class piano player. Yeah. So, um, yeah. I mean, he brought up every comic in the world at the comedy store mm-hmm. from Kennison to prior to, to me and everything in between. Um, so he, he died and uh, it was really well, Rogan's in Texas. So he can't help us. Like that's how much Jeff meant to, he was very Brody like in that regard. Like Joe Rogan, if he was in town would have come over and helped. Like, yeah. Yeah, he, for sure. Jeff brought him up hundreds of times. Yeah. Um, so I, it was me and the two managers at the comedy store and the Mexican. Uh, he's like the uh, at the comedy store. He's like the go to fixer upper guy. Like he's he could fix a hole in the ceiling. He could fix the TVs. He could fix the Wi-Fi. And uh, it, it was very uh, it was and Sean Polofsky who helped organize the uh the moving crew. It was a, but the one good thing about it was I got to go to the comedy store warehouse, which very few people get to. And it was all Jeff Scott stuff. Like he just was a, uh, him and Brody were very similar. Like Brody collected sports shit. Jeff, uh, collected like music, uh, show tune, Broadway type stuff. So we miss it. The store's not the same with either one of them. Yeah, you know, it's funny is like I never got past at the store. I never tried. It always just cuz I I remember going around when it was when it was dark, you know, and it was fucking nobody wanted to hang there and I was like this place stinks. And then I moved away, but I never tried, but I I I got to perform in all the rooms and Adam would put me up during uh the potluck, you know, the the guest spots. Right. So I did that. Triply got me a spot in the OR and you know, I did Sarah Mello show. I did a million shows in the belly room. But the fact that I was in that and Jeff Scott played me on the stage. So I, I, I you know, I, 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 I kind of feel, if anything, I've done some shit. I was a part of something kind of. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, Jeff, uh, the great thing about Jeff was uh, if he stayed in the room, he, that meant he liked you. Well, cool. Uh, he stayed in the room. <laughs> but like the, the store, especially the original room, can be a tough room at times, and uh, we've all bombed there multiple times. But if Jeff stayed in the room, he was saying, "Hey, it's a tough room. I'm going to help you." He had the best sense of timing. Like he knew everyone's jokes. He knew the the cadence. He knew when the punchline would be, and if it didn't get a laugh, he would do a musical cue that would always work. Uh, like with me, he would always do a village people song to get the room going if I was bombing. And uh, so uh, he was very Brody. He was like a, really a gay Brody. Like he had that wacky sense of humor that you think in theory you shouldn't get if you were the audience. Like he would always play the village people song Milkshake, which is such an obscure song. Even if you love the village people, very few people can name that song. Cause it's the movie they did. It's the song they did in the movie with Bruce Jenner. <laughs> Can't stop the music. Uh, I, didn't, I didn't even know that. 
they did a movie in 1980. It was like their last gasp. It was like Kiss Meets Phantom of the Park, but it was their version of that. And it, it was the just, Village of People's Hail Mary. Yeah, and it bombed horribly. Like every actor in that movie basically never worked again, uh, <laughs> except for Valerie Perrine, who was Miss Tessbacher in the, the Superman movies. Um, and uh, I used to see her around my neighborhood. I'm like, oh my God, you're in the Village People movie. And she would just look at me and go, dude, I don't want to talk about that. Yeah, don't. Uh, Why are you bringing that shit up? <laughs> uh, yeah, it is the like the one thing that bums me out when I was just out there in LA a couple what was it two weeks ago or whatever that I I didn't get I didn't make my way out to the comedy store for a night and that's like because I don't know when if ever I'll go back out to LA uh, and that like and just like the little bit of history I know about the comedy store that's the one place that I would want to go in LA and so that that's that's my biggest like uh regret was not finding like just a pocket of time just to go i, I mean it is a very magical place uh yeah, i know i know it's like super different now with all the changes with mitzi you know and all that but still like just to at least see it you know even if i just walked by it yeah you know, i didn't even do that you know so that that's what that's a bummer yeah, I mean, it's, there's not a place like it on Earth. Like, it's just, uh, you know, it's the history of the building. You know, before it was a store, it was the place called Ciro's, owned by the mob, and, like, so many legendary things. Like, uh, it was the first show Sammy Davis did after he lost his eye there. Uh, you know, Sinatra would play there. Mm -hmm. So. It, it's you know not many comedy clubs can say they have that kind of a history joe i think it's where joe dimaggio met marilyn monroe uh, Jesus. Or, or he took her there on the first date something along those lines earl you this or um tyler this is what you missed out on you could have saw this yeah <laughs> there i am in my rowdy rowdy piper <laughs> t-shirt that i paid by the way you're pointing towards paul provenza i messaged him the other day I did a deep vibe on Miami Vice because I realized I never really watched seasons four and five. Like for some reason, I just stopped after three because it was like it's get, it's getting a little jumping the shark territory. And Paul Provenza was in an episode, and uh, he was like a drug dealer. And I it was just funny. I messaged him, and he, I could tell I embarrassed him. He's like. That was my first acting gig, and he, he was good in it. So, of course, there's Rob Schneider's name. That's funny that my name got right there. Uh, I'm so I'm so I'm so stupid that for a split second I was like, everyone has very similar handwriting. <laughs> well, there's a funny thing is my fucking fat head is blocking Marilyn Reichkub's name, and I <laughs> I gave her a ride home once because she was a little tipsy. And I never met her before. So my friend Dave Taylor was like, hey, can you give Mary Lynn a ride home? And she looked at me like, who the fuck is this guy? And Dave's like, he's the only guy up here who's not going to try and rape you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I give her a ride home and it's really awkward for, you know, she lived in Encino. And so for about the first 15 minutes, it's complete silence in the car. And I thought I'll do an icebreaker with her. I'm like, hey, you know, I'm a big fan of 24. I, I named my dog Chloe after your character. And I could tell that kind of, like, she was like, oh, my God, that's so sweet. How How is Chloe doing? I'm like, 
she died two weeks ago. <laughs> so, you know, it's, uh, I only had her for four months. RIP Chloe. But, uh, you know, I mean, like I know, I mean, Chad, do you think the cellar in New York is a similar vibe? I've never been. Uh, you never been to the cellar. Uh, well, I can't go and hang out. I, if I'm not, I, they wouldn't put me up. I don't think, uh, so I, I've never, I'm not the type to go and hang out. Yeah. It's, it's, it's not similar. It's definitely different. I mean, it, it seems like the inmates are running the asylum at the store. I mean, it just, it's, it's in, you know, there's all craziness going on and sellers, very corporate, very structured. I guess it, the store got pretty sh- corporate and structured towards the end there, but it's, it's smaller. And there's not a lot, a lot of like places to hang either at the store. You can go in the back room, you know, go in the green room, hallway, parking lot, patio, but at the cellar, you just got like tables and they're like, you know, they don't want you just sitting there unless you're buying something. So it's not, it's why, not a cool, cool hang. Why wouldn't they put you up? Earl. Oh, I mean, I'm not, I'm an LA guy, so uh, I'm not really known in New York. So, and I, they, uh, yeah, they but I mean, know. you're most certainly known. Like, I mean, I'm not known enough to go, oh, Earl's here, put him up. You know, you gotta, just like a lot of New York comics come to the comedy store and it's like, hey, man, this, the number one club in the country we realize you're a big deal in new york but this ain't new york so uh that's know. fascinating to me yeah. just give you just give you an idea i went there once and mike vecchione who's a great comic out of new york was sitting on the stairs of the belly room um he's bothered to perform in front of like four people because he's like I, I i don't i can't get any spots and he's he's great i mean he's passed at every club in new york so it's just a different coast different vibe you know it's who you know i guess yeah, I mean, I would love to be a regular there, but you know, I'm not in New York enough to care. Like, um, so, but you know, I think it's pretty cool. Uh, there's a few like Jazz on like his past at both. I mean, obviously, he's going to be past at both, but you know, it'd be pretty neat to say you're past the top two clubs in the uh, country, as well as the stand, which is I've done there, and I love the stand. Stand's great. Shout out Patrick Milligan. Hey guys, oh, yeah. uh, we're up against it. I got a, I got my uh, property manager coming over to fix the water, and she's mm. supposed to be here. So I got to get this all out, and uh, I'll get this over to you, Earl, so you can po- post it too. Yeah, man. Always a th- nice to meet you, Tyler. I hope we didn't bore you too much with just stories about the gay piano player. Nah, I, I love it. No, I, I, I knew about, I knew about him um, and his passing. Um, and again someone else just like Brody I've never met but like just another piece of that piece of that story and, and reasons why I, I would want to go to the comedy store and, and didn't get to but he was great because like you know obviously he's gay and I would do I had some gay jokes that I wouldn't do if he was in the room and he knew that and he'd be like dude do the village people joke I'm like I want to hear it so like he was he was a yeah. true true friend of comics and uh, you know to anyone who knew him when you walk into the original room now, it, although they have uh, Chevy Chase's daughter it does the piano now, and she's amazing. She's done a really good job. It's uh, amazing. I didn't know that. Yeah. Is that why Chevy yeah, Chase she, is there a lot now? He's not there that much. I think he got on stage once and did some stories and then left. But uh, it's definitely a, a void is in that corner of the room because he he was such a gay, Liberace, over the top character that. Um, it, it, he's messed. He was very much Brody, but in a homosexual form. 
Uh, well, shout out to the late great Brody Stevens, February 22nd, 2022. Uh, I'm curious to see who's going to die in this show next out of the. Who knows? <laughs> like, I mean, who knows? Dude? I mean, we're around so much death doesn't even affect me anymore. Like literally when Matt died, the, the kid from Calgary, you know, uh, I was sad for about five minutes. And then I said to Chandler, Hey, uh, what kind of burrito do you want? Like, it's just so like, <laughs> no, I feel sad that I'm so, uh, you know, I think Adam was the one who, uh, that book, the old booker from the store messaged me about Matt. And I was like, I kind of, I didn't cry, but I welled up for a minute. And then I literally focused, okay, what am I eating? Like, just, you know, I mean, before we go, Chad, how many comics would you say that you have known who have died? Um, Ralphie, I didn't know him well, but I met him. Uh, Brody, um, let me think. I'm trying to think that I know. But probably, I mean, ballpark. I, I mean, I would say for me, I've probably known 20. You know, you knew him, knew him. In the 22 years I've been doing it, I would say I lose at least one friend a year. Yeah, I'd, I'd say I don't, not necessarily. Maybe 10. Right. If you want to include Ramsey more, I didn't know him well. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Well, I mean, Ramsey, like, Jesus Christ. We did a, one last thing. Dude. We, me, it involves a lot of names we've talked about. And I, I always, this is, shows you Hollywood. Sam Tripoli did a movie called Breaking Her Down which is about two rappers from the eighties coming back in the two thousands. Oh yeah. 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 Uh, Brody was in it. Ramsey was in it. I played sensei burn. Now you think, why was your name sensei burn? Cause Steve Byrne backed out at the last second and they literally <laughs> didn't change my name. Like you, you think they would call it sensei Earl. And no, I was, I was sensei burn. And, uh, it's one of the great, should have been a movie or whatever, but just like two weeks before Tripoli released it, Jamie Kennedy put out uh, Malibu's Most Wanted, which is basically the same story. Welcome to Hollywood. There it is. Inappropriate Earl on SoundCloud, iTunes, wherever you get your podcast. Follow Earl on Twitter, Instagram, social media. He's all over the place. He's a podcast favorite. Everyone loves Earl. And Tyler, uh, your website, if you guys need some video work done, freelance we'll be right shit. down there. Yeah, we're going to have graphics up here, Earl. So oh, be- shit, really? All yeah, right. It's, it's going to look good. It's going to look good. But uh, thanks so much for listening, guys. Leave a five-star review on all our podcasts. That's a wrap. Rest in peace, Brody.